The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. Our Lady has given a message on December 25th, 1992, when she said, I call you to build up a new world of peace together with me. Big responsibility. Is she saying this symbolically or in an exaggerated way, or does she mean that? Do you believe in the apparitions? Do you believe Our Lady is coming to lead the world and change it? For her to say, I, the Virgin Mary, call you, you who are listening to this, you who read these words, me, all of you out there, everybody here in the community, those who want to follow Our Lady, I call you to build up a new world a peace together with me. So we're talking about changing the world. We're talking about changing the direction of the world because the world is not in peace. Our lady says peace is God. And we're divorcing God all over the place, especially in the Christmas season. We hear the atheist groups come up 
with their little scenarios and, and everybody cowwows to them and cows down to them and not to God. We don't need to go to court. We don't need to get an attorney. Just a group of men can stop it. But why can't we convict? It's because we think the Constitution gives them fair play. Constitution doesn't. Constitution in the United States of America is a very dangerous document. I think it was Adams who said that it was only to be used by and interpreted by religious people. Any other is wholly unworthy to use it because the, the document itself can be changed in many things and directions. If the left get it, they can support everything they want to do on the left. In fact, they didn't want any. They said anybody that wouldn't take an oath couldn't hold office, because to take an oath means that you're doing something and taking some solemn words of, of a contractual nature of to a higher power. So if you don't believe in the higher power, then what you have to do is say an oath to yourself. And you can be trusted on a stand, a witness stand, or to testify, or to run for office, or hold up your, your principles you're supposed to, or the nation. I call you to build up a new world. Pretty exciting stuff when you think about it. But we don't even know what we have rights to reject or not. We're letting these atheistic moves take place. And to settle it, we think we got to go to a court. Forget all that stuff. They fried the first shot. It has everything contained in it to show you you do not have to go to the courts. You do not have to go to the Supreme Court. You do not have to go to the president. You do not have to go to Congress. You don't have to go to the county commission or the city council. You can stop it. It's in the principles that they fired the first shot. It's not just principles, philosophical things. It's solid, concrete things you can take action to stop. The atheistic wave sweeping our nation and we wring our in our hands and let's call this group or that group to go to court about it forget I'm not going to court you're not going to stop me from doing what I do the early Christians didn't go to court they just went to the Coliseum and you can kill me they'll replace me the pioneer song we played the other day that's the principles and that's the idea and that's the mentality we're to have our lady goes on and says about building a new world, without you, I cannot do that. That just elevates the influence that you have through the roof. The Virgin Mary can't do what she wants to do, which is to build a new world. Without you, without me, it's a pretty tall order. You mean I'm that important? You're that important? Therefore, she says, open yourselves to God's plans, not the world's plans, not my, my, my plans, not man's plans, not the government's plans, not the laws. Therefore, open yourselves to God's plans. What is God's plans? January 25th, 87. A great plan for the salvation of the world. Why? Because if the world is not changed around, there's no salvation. It's going to be destroyed and we know that Ivan said, had Our Lady not come, the world would have already destroyed itself. Pretty powerful. Don't discount this. Don't minimize this if you believe in apparitions. Discount it, minimize it if you don't. 
You don't have to pay attention to it. But you're obligated to take this responsibility if you believe as Our Lady is appearing. But very few people, for the first 10 years I went to Medjugorje, nobody spoke about the message. Nobody was into the message. We started picking messages at random when I started speaking about them. It was like foreign language to people because they, they were all talking about their conversions. They were doing conferences about their conversion. That's why, look what happened to me. And that was beautiful. The signs were beautiful. It's all part of God. But nobody, nobody, nobody was into the messages. You say, what about the visionaries? Well, they listened to them. But when I was in the village back in 86, it really, it had waned down. They'd been hearing a lady. She was saying the same old thing. That's what I heard the Franciscans preaching from the pulpit. Our lady's just saying the same old thing. It's just the gospel. And here we are, 32 years. She's just saying the same old thing. I didn't know back then that she was going to call me and you to build a new world. That's a pretty big, tall order. And I didn't know that she was going to say, without you, I cannot do that. Wow. She's placing a huge responsibility on me and you. And I didn't know that our lady says, if you just open yourselves to God's plans and purposes, there's a purpose. You have a purpose in this life. Don't waste it thinking it's following your career, using your wealth, using your money, using your time, using your skills, using whatever talents you have to do what you think you should do. Open yourselves instead to God's plans and purposes for you to be able to cooperate with Him. Wow, God really is wanting to co- cooperate with me? He's not saying cooperate with your corporation you work for. The corporation He needs you to work for is His corporation, His plans, His plan for the kingdom of heaven to come into the heart again, into this world, which is waning, which is fading, which is passing as a flower. And it is going to happen. We will not stop it. We won't avoid it. We cannot mitigate it. Our Lady can't stay in the presence here of the world every single day. And the system as we know it, and as we've lived it, and the television, and the movie, the Hollywoods, all these things, the sports, everything. I just was told right after the football game the other day, the big one, Alabama and Auburn. We don't even get in sports for this reason. A girl shot another to death. She died in her sister's arms. She says she heard her last breath over football. You think it's from God? Sports is okay. It can be fun. But if you're playing it, what it's turned into is not of God. It's going to pass. You say, oh, that can't happen. Watch. Mark my words. Everything is passing. The whole system is too much money. It's too much greed. It's too much anger. It's too much sin involved with it. It's going away. And I just said, the world is passing. And yet she says, build a new world. It's not the end of the world, but it is the end of the world as we lived it now. Our lady's come to knock it and crush it. Serpent's head's got to be squashed. Somehow mortally it will survive, maybe a century from now, and, or come back in life. But one thing we can know is second Our Lady's words what she says at this point. Open yourselves, therefore, rather. Therefore, open yourselves to God's plans and purposes for you to be able to cooperate with Him. What an honor. What a responsibility. What a task. When you were in school and the teacher called to take a paper or something to to the principal's office, she needed volunteers. Every hand went up. At least mine did. I wanted to get out of the classroom, whatever I could do. I'd run if I had to. 
And we got God saying, who wants to cooperate with me? You think you're reluctant to put your hand up because it's going to cost you something? You're getting out of the world, out of the system. It's going to be passing. And she adds this. Do not forget that your life does not belong to you, but is a gift with which you must bring joy to others and lead them to eternal life. Did you know the Bible says if you say one person, you saved yourself for eternity? One person. And you know the Bible says if you try and you still don't save that person, that you gain salvation for yourself because you did try to utter the words to bring them to God or ordered a witness without words. We stand on a threshold of something grand beyond anything we can imagine or understand or grasp. I don't grasp it. I'm into the messages every day. The community, as we live this away, as our life is beautiful, but we do not get it. Like those 100 years from now will get it. I got it. I got it in a book, but still, I don't get it. It's way bigger than I know, way bigger than I can understand at this point. And so we have to realize everything we do is an investment. What we do, what's our purpose? What's our wealth? What's our money? How do we do it? How do we build that kingdom for the new world? This comes from Tony Evans' book, The Kingdom Agenda, and starts by saying, The foundation of an economic view grows out of God's kingdom agenda for his people and his world. This foundation reveals how God empowers his people for the righteous use of the earth's resources for profitability or profitably and morally conducting business as his stewards. In Deuteronomy 8, Moses was addressing the Israelites on the eve of their entrance into Canaan. He recounted God's goodness to them all the way from their departure from Egypt to the present moment which is almost 40 years later, and he warned them not to forget who provided for them. Beginning in Deuteronomy 8, we discover the reason for Moses' concern. He feared that once the people got settled in Canaan and started living the good life in the suburbs, they would get proud. Then they would forget that they used to be slaves and that the only reason they weren't slaves now was that God had given to them everything they had. So Moses laid down an absolutely foundational principle of divine economics. The Israelites needed to keep their economics in focus because, otherwise you may say in your heart, my power and the strength of my hand made me this wealth. But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who is giving you power to make wealth, that he may confirm his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. This principle is simply this. Any discussion of economics that does not include God is not a complete discussion because he is the author of all wealth. God owns it all. We looked at these principles earlier relating to your personal stewardship, but we're going to review them here with regard to society and economics. The psalmist said, The earth is the Lord's and all it contains the world, and those who dwell in it. Communism teaches that the government owns everything. Capitalism teaches that the individual owns everything. Christianity teaches that God owns everything. 
God states it clearly in Psalm 50 as well. Every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and all it contains. And Haggai reminds us, The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. Economics is a spiritual issue. God sets the rules for poverty and wealth. It cannot be called secular when the owner of everything is God. Like the Israelites, everything we have is rooted in the goodness of God. We cannot discuss economics on any level, from personal to national, without putting God's perspective first. Since God is the starting and ending point of all economic discussions, we need to find out what is on His kingdom agenda for the resources He has entrusted to us. So let's start with a pretty basic question. What is God's purpose for wealth? The answer is found at the very end of Deuteronomy 8, 18, quoted above. Moses said it was God who was giving the Israelites the power to gain wealth, that he may confirm his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. God gives wealth so that it might be used to fulfill his divine purposes, in this case his covenant with Israel. God made a covenant with Abraham that through Abraham all the families of the earth will be blessed. He also made a new covenant with us through Jesus Christ. God gives you the ability, capacity, giftedness, and raw materials to produce wealth in order to confirm the covenant, which means if you don't understand the covenant, then you don't understand the purpose of wealth. Therefore, One primary confirmation of the covenantal, legitimate use of wealth is when it is used to bless somebody else. Jesus himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Covenantalism is critical to economic progress. God uses wealth as a channel through which his benefits flow to you and through you to others. Therefore, if all you can see is your car and your house and your wardrobe, If you cannot point to the ways God's blessings in your life are flowing out in blessings to others, then God has no reason to give you wealth. And if God has no reason to give you wealth, then the only way you can get it is apart from Him. But if you get it apart from Him, you will pay a heavy price for going after it. God gives His economic blessings to accomplish His purposes. Since God owns all the wealth of the world and has a clear purpose for it, He gets to set the rules of who will get it and how it will be used. First Samuel makes it very clear that it is God who makes people rich or poor, saying, in essence, I set the rules. If you follow my rules, you get my results. If you follow your rules, you get your results. God told his people in Deuteronomy that if they would obey his rules, he would make them a lender nation instead of a debtor nation. When you use wealth God's way, it eliminates rather than accumulates debt. Our nation would not need to face any fiscal cliff or continue to accumulate debt if we would operate according to God's rules on managing corporate wealth and promoting individual wealth. It is important to understand that God is not against wealth. If God chooses to materially bless an individual, family, church, or nation, that is operating on a kingdom agenda, there should not be any feelings of false guilt for what God himself has given. God is more concerned with how you got what you have and how you use what you have 
than he is with how much you have. If the wealth you have is gained illegitimately, then you have reason to feel guilty. But if not, then God does not heap guilt on you. Moses was concerned that the Israelites would get their houses, build their wealth, and it would make them proud and become an arrogant people. We are in the promised land of this nation, and we have become an arrogant and proud people. God says the world in the scriptures is mine. Everything is owned by God. Do you see it that way? Do you really believe it? Do you really contemplate that? Look out the window at your car from your house, or just get in a lounge chair and just go stare at it. Where was this car 500 years ago? You might say it didn't exist. Yes, it did. All the parts, everything that makes up the part, was within the earth. So who owns your car? Do you use it to advance God's kingdom? Or do you use it to advance Satan's kingdom? Everything, every part, every tractor, every building, everything was within the earth. It didn't exist. So did it just come down from the sky? We've got so advanced in our technologies and plastics and everything, we don't realize this is just minerals. The wiring, the electronics, was everything. Everything's from the earth. So who built the earth and who really owns it? If you get your mentality straight, then you'll be humble and you realize, God gives me this gift. And how am I going to use it? And just like God says, God gave you a life, or God gives you life. And you don't even own your own life. I remember Visca said, it was poorly translated once, said that God can commit murder. It's not murder. But they translated the word murder, but what was being said was, he's the author of life, and he has to determine when somebody's life is going to be taken. And yes, man mitigates that by sometimes recklessness, sometimes doing things he shouldn't be doing, abusing his body, whatever it may be, through alcohol, etc. But God determines, if you live for him, when he's going to take you. He ends your life. It's an amazing thing when you think about that. So our lady says, do not forget that your life does not belong to you. It's a gift, just like your wealth is a gift. What are you doing with it? How are you going to use it? And I don't mean you've got to be a millionaire. I mean, just weekly, just an average John Doe out there on the streets. What do you do? I remember when I had to go downtown and pick up some of my guys, and I would be down there. I'd give, sometimes I don't have $5 in my pocket, and I'd give them the money for lunch and skip lunch. And these were powerful things in my soul later that built virtues to make me see God's eternal truth because he illuminates things when you do those things. And a lot of them are on the street because of their own fault. But that's not my judgment. I don't have to worry about that, why they're there, bad parenting, whatever the reasons. I'm just commanded to do what the Bible says to do. And I don't have to worry about the other things. It says also in here, after it says, without you, I cannot do that, which is the end of the world. Our lady goes on and says, I call all of you with my motherly love and God will do the rest. You live virtue. You live the biblical principles. He'll do the rest. What was the rest? The purpose of what she said was to build up a new world. God's going to do that. And you just your purpose is to do what God gives you as a gift, which is your life, which is your wealth, which you must, and she really says you must. Life does not belong to you, but is a gift with which you must. 
Her, her normal words are invite. You must bring joy to others and lead them to eternal life. Strong words. Profound things. And this has everything to do with economics. What you're doing. How you're building your life. So many people out there, if their investments were turned into 1,000 acres or 500 acres place and then give the land away, if you've got that means, not everybody's got the means, but there's a lot of people that do have the means, build, build 10 houses on there. Screen the people you want to live there. Build a little tiny schoolhouse in there like we got here. That's an investment because if they're producing food and something happens, you're an agrarian system that will produce food for you. What better investment and security can you have than that? If you lose that, you would have lost everything before that if you didn't go to this level. It's the best investment out there. No greater investment. It's not just buying the land. Make it work for you. Have a profit center on the highway somewhere. That way you're producing over your pork. You're producing extra milk. Whatever you're doing. But have a system built. And there's people out there that's, got, that's worth $10, 20000000 million that could do this. Even $5 million. It doesn't make sense to me that the investments people are doing and using is not choosing the number one investment is to be ahead of a, of a plantation. That works kind of connotates something negative. But plantations was one of the most viable economic systems that existed. Everybody was eating. Not advocating slavery. It's a sin. But you can do things for other people that may not have the money, but what is a company made up of that when you say, well, our company has all this equipment, we do this, but the people determines if it's going to be a really good company. And if you've got good people on your land producing food, your investment is people. Let them live in the house. And out of 10 families producing and consecrated, they can produce enough to where you all eat. That's security. Frank? Yeah, God's plan for us is always freedom. And whenever God speaks of wealth, he's, in his word, he's speaking of land and animals. Whenever God speaks of money, he's speaking of gold and silver. Um, and when he inspired the documents for our fathers, when this country was established, it was based on these biblical principles that only gold and silver will be money in the United States. And so when he speaks of fiat money, he, it is abominable. It's an abomination. And so these things become very easy to see when you're praying to understand the greatness of Our Lady's message. And you're led to the writings because I absolutely agree with you. For the first 10 years I followed Medjugorje, I was not seeing the profoundness of Our Lady's message. And no conferences I would have gone to until I came to Caritas did I understand the greatness or the profoundness or begin to understand. And uh, these writings give us the grace and as you were saying, the things that we do in our life, tithing and um, and being responsible to God's principles, give us the grace to see something that for some reason the world can't see. And that's that it takes money to get silver out of the ground. You have to dig out tons and tons and tons of dirt to get out a little bit of silver. This is a tremendously valuable asset. At the current price, I'm sure mines cannot deliver silver to the market at a profit. It is a paper system. And we've never tried a global fiat money experiment. So we don't know how undervalued silver is. We just know that it is a miracle and a grace for those that are praying, 
our lady said monthly confession is a cure for the lust. Those that are doing these things are able to see this. It's simple. There, there's money as if it were laying above the ground like seashells. That's the price of it. And uh, real money, God's money. And there's a tremendous grace that those that are, are not following Our Lady's message and do, doing these principles are not able to see it right now. But this won't last. Uh, we don't want it to last. We want conversion. And when people grow closer to God, these things become very easy to see in terms of silver, in terms of fiat money, and in terms of where we are. You said earlier on the show when Our Lady began to give messages once a month, she said that she had a great plan for the salvation of mankind. A few years later, she said, I want you to spread the devotion and carrying of the miraculous model so that more souls may be saved. A great plan for the salvation of, of mankind. The miraculous model made you go around, which you designed for Our Lady's little children in these times and, and those that are seeing it. And, uh, it's certainly an answer to bring about a new world for God. Frank, we, we published, uh, when I finished writing, Ain't Gonna Happen, what, two two years ago or so? Two and a half years ago? Mm-hmm. And, June 25th, 2010. Yeah, so this, this puts you in a position to be talking to a lot of our people who followed us for years with the messages. And from that point, uh, you've been in contact with a lot of them. I know they know you got in the circle of where we are, but we don't have the daily contact in a lot of ways that you do because... Y'all are out in the field and y'all are talking. We're out here producing, and uh, but what do you see in the beginning of the coming into launching this with the miraculous metal Medjugorje silver round? Not so much the round itself, but as far as people's progressive with their plan to become more secure. In other words, uh, you you're, you went from ten acres to a thousand acres. What do you see out there as far as people doing it? We hear stories and we talk to people in that sense, but you're talking to them actually more than we do. Well, they they see um, the importance of the writing, and and they uh, after reading they fired the first shot, 2012. They see this is a unique answer for the world, and um, so people are taking this step by step. The, the miraculous thing is that since the release of the book, and we were maybe $17 silver, in September of that year, just a few months after the release, it went, you know, almost straight up, it broke through 20 and you just, you weren't able to get silver at that price anymore, it was just gone, and it went to 50 and now we're back there again, it's, it's as if God turned back the hands of time, it, it, it's unreal to me to see silver this low, but it's, it's certainly a part of the plan, and and so um, people are progressing that are uh, praying to understand the greatness of Our, of our Lady's message. And um, they're seeing that the, the direction that we want to go as Christians and Our Lady's little children is exactly what is written, and they fired the first shot 2012. And it ain't going to happen. The miraculous smell is a very important part of uh, preparing for the future. And... Um, and certainly a way to bring salvation to mankind, as everybody carries money, and there's a tremendous grace. It's the greatest sacramental for conversion, the miraculous metal. So, um, yeah, it, it becomes it, you know more and more clear why we're doing this. I think as, as time goes on, but um, in the beginning, there were a lot of people that had followed you from the beginning. And it was just very easy to see. They they um, you know acted immediately, got completely out of the dollar immediately and they're they're still doing that and so this is a tremendous grace for those that are just getting the book now they're maybe you know they're new to Medjugorje or new to Caritas 
um, th- this price is just a tremendous grace. And if you've you know bought at a higher price, you can cost average in here. We all have. I didn't think silver would go below thirty uh, again. So, I mean, this is just a, a paper phenomena that gets way overdone in the paper market, and it, it it's uh, you know very much like a two thousand and eight low or a low that just comes you know once every you know four or five years. There is a about eight or nine months ago. There was a reading in mass at the church. The church. It spoke about um, being visited with catastrophes, collapse, ruin of the societies in the world. And at the end of it, it says something incredible because it said uh, the vision still has yet time. Which really struck me that Our Lady's really given us time, God's given us time with this plan to shake us up enough to wake up those who have wisdom and possess wisdom and read the message and grown in wisdom to act and take action. And then the whole thing about the economy bouncing up and down is false. I was reading a report yesterday that, that uh, less people file for unemployment. But what they're not telling you is more people have exhausted their length of ability to draw unemployment and they're dropping out and they're not even seeking jobs anymore. It has not gotten better. But there, there again, this thing's a false system right now, and it's been held up by God just as God waited for Noah to finish the ark for decades, and he sealed it up at his right time. So we're headed there, and all this and all these signs that we see, while well, Our Lady said, poor children, look around at the signs of the times, is to make us do what she said, be ready. To be ready, you got to get ready. you got to start taking actions to take those steps. Frank, your contact information? Yeah, you can reach us toll-free. Uh, 877-936-7686. You can reach us by email at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com and our website is globalsilverinvestors.com. Well, we have Christmas, of course, approaching very rapidly. This Sunday starts our December 1st through the 8th. Uh, how many years have we been doing this? 20, 20 years now? Over 20 Not years? Uh, it's something to come to if you haven't been to it before you want to come if you have we will see you as friends who have come here annually for years probably some the whole time so until that time until next week we will be praying for you we'll pray asking God during this holy season to give you everything that you need we wish you our lady we love you goodbye The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.